Ah, uh, welcome everybody. Dave Therrien here. New Hope Radio. We had a series last time, very important series for the Christian way of life because it's about the grace of God. And we want to see God's grace in action because God is grace. Jesus came through truth and grace, right? So we're going to really get grounded, hopefully. And when you understand grace, it has a positive effect upon your life. That's what we're looking for. Now, who isn't familiar with the popular story Jesus told that we know as the prodigal son? But the story is really about the loving father rather than the son because the father gave us a demonstration of grace. So here's the background. After getting his inheritance early, he goes away to a distant country and squanders it with loose living. He spent all that he had, and he found himself to be in want. Right? That's what we're familiar with. We're all pretty well versed in that aspect of the story. But not only that, look at his companions. Look at, look at where he finds himself. In a pig pen. And he's become a young man who has fallen away from grace. And that's the basis of his demise. Little by little by little. See, it's so slow that you can fall away from grace. He was living in a home where he had all that he needed physically, socially, spiritually. It was all provided. But you know what happened? He started to cater to his lustful passions. And he opened himself up to the voice of a foul spirit, a demonic force, where he went to his father and he said, Give me my inheritance. The father graciously gave it to him. And he was off to a distant country. But he went from hero to zero. And like I said, after he spent all that he had, oh, here's God's timing. A famine struck, and he began to be in want. His tongue was set on fire by hell, according to James 3, verse 6. You know what James said? The tongue is a fire. The very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the whole body. And it sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. And that tongue got him into trouble. It put him in the pig pen. That evil spirit led him to where he was feeding the swine. And yet he was getting hungry as the pigs were getting fat. Because the, the pigs weren't sharing with him. That's why they're pigs. But you know what? At that point, something happened. And what I want us to see today is the return back to grace. See, the beautiful thing about the story, it didn't end in the pig pen. In Luke 15, verse 16, the prodigal son, he begins to talk to himself. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the ponds, the pods that the swine were eating, but no one was giving anything to him. So you know what happened? He came to his senses. That's what a need will do. 
A need will bring you to your senses. And he started thinking and he said, how many of my father's hired men? They, they've got more than enough bread. And here I am. I'm dying with hunger. You know, we find a familiar cry in Jonah from the belly of the fish. Remember that guy in Jonah chapter 2? He said, I called out of my distress to the Lord. And that's okay. Perhaps that was once your cry. Maybe it is today. I call out of my distress. And you can do that because, you see, God is a God of grace. Our cry from the depths is that which brings us to our senses. It was our submission to that foul spirit that got us in trouble. For Jonah, it was rebellion against God. For the prodigal, it was rebellion against his father. What may it be for you? What do you find yourself rebelling against? Whatever it is, when we rebel, it doesn't end well. We can rebel against loving people. We can rebel against godly advice. And whatever it is, it's rebellion against the grace of God. So the pig pen, it got him thinking clearly. Up until now, he would rather serve a stranger in a foreign land than enjoy the grace of a loving home. He'd rather feed swine than feast at his father's table. But look again. See, if the swine were sharing their food, he would have stayed there. But they weren't even sharing. That's why it says in verse 16, he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating. If he only had some pig food, he would have been happy. Imagine that. Imagine being happy with pig food. And yet many people are today. Oh, yeah. Give me some more of that pig food. I'm happy. But no one was giving him any. That was it. That's what brought him to his senses. If the swine shared their food, he would have stayed there. He would have been content with the filth of the pen. Oh, just like so many people, they're content with the filth of the world. And they think it's healthy. And they think it's good. And they, they're like, oh, this is good. The corruption, the crime, the immorality, the abomination of the world. Oh, this is good, they say. But what happened was his starvation got in the way. And how many people, yes, even God's people, they get to a place where they get comfortable in the filth of the world. It happens. It's called carnality. Where somebody that names the name of Christ as their Savior, they drift away. They think back. Oh, wait, the world does look. I forgot how beautiful the world was. I forgot how much fun the world was. And they start thinking back and they drift away. And they get comfortable. Like Lot's wife, right? She got comfortable in Sodom and Gomorrah. She got comfortable living in the midst of wickedness. Oop, dangerous place to be. Be careful. If you find yourself surrounded by wickedness and you're comfortable there, head for the hills. That's what Lot did. The angel said, head for the hills. And they did. It's those who submit to the voice of the foul spirit. 
the demonic forces of this world. Those are the ones that get comfortable. Remember that demonic voice that came to Eve in the garden? Has God really said, you can't eat that food? Come on, look at it. Looks good, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Looks like it'll make you smart, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Come on, did God really say that? Take some. Take it. Oh, the the voice of the foul spirit. It's very strong. Its strength, here it comes. Its strength is in its deception. That's the key. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan deceives the whole world. I'm looking at what's going on in the world today. And I'm looking at the measure, the depth of the deception that's in the world. I'm like, are you kidding me? How have we stooped so low as a people? As people made in the image of God. How have we stooped so low? You know how? The deceptive voice of the evil one. Oh, he is cunning. God said he was the cleverest, the serpent was the cleverest of all the creatures in the garden. The most subtle. Why? Because Satan went into him. That's why. Satan is the one with the smooth, silky voice. And he gets people to do whatever he wants them to do, thinking that's what they want to do. See, he got the prodigal some thinking. Hey, sonny boy, this is what you really want to do. It is? Yeah, man, you don't want to live here. There's too many rules here, too many restrictions. You want to, listen, you get an inheritance coming, right? Well, yeah. And have you heard about those cities down a couple of miles away? Man, they really know how to live. Really? Go to your father. Tell him, settle up with me now. Give me the inheritance. Pack your bags. Let's go have some fun. And you know what? It made sense to him. Hurting his father made sense. Taking his inheritance early made sense. Leaving his home, his family, his security, it made sense. Going into a distant country filled with paganism and heathenism, it made sense. See how deceptive Satan can be? Sin makes sense when you listen to the voice of the foul spirit. So he starts listening to now his stomach. (laughs) Your need, the voice of your need, can be louder than the voice of Satan. And in verse 17, he started talking, Hmm, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? And here I am, I'm dying with hunger. He's like, what's wrong with this picture? Like, there were guys that worked for my father back on the ranch, and man, they got plenty to eat, and they're not even family. They just, they they sleep in the bunkhouse, and they work the farm, and they get to eat. And here I am, I'm family, and I'm starving. And these pigs stink, and they snort, and I can't even sleep. I got to get out of here. So he came to his senses. First he came to his senses, then he went to his father. See, that's what happens. When you come to your senses, then you start to do the right thing. And he went to his father. And in verse 18, he says, I'm going to get up. 
and I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to get up, right? He's probably, why? Kneeling down in the pig pen looking for something to eat. He's like, I'm sick of this. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go to my father. I'm going to say, oh, father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. Dad, I'm sorry. Matter of fact, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Will you hire me? Can you make me as one of your hired men? That's good enough for me. I don't deserve to be back in the family. I don't even deserve to sleep in the house. Put me in the barn. That's good enough for me. So he made a plan. This is what I'm going to do. And he got up and he came to his father. See, he really didn't even know his father. Thinking his father would settle for a plan like that. So when he came to his senses, he rid himself of the foul spirit, because that's what happens when you start thinking clearly, Satan leaves. He's only around to get you to think stupid. But then when you start thinking smart, he leaves. So he came to his senses, got rid of that foul voice. Oh, and don't don't think this doesn't happen. Because you know what? In Matthew 16, Jesus told his disciples he was going to go to Jerusalem. And there he would suffer and he would die. And you know what Peter did? Peter rose up and said, no, you're not. He said, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. We're not going to let you go. We're not going to let you die. The voice of the foul spirit was speaking through Peter. How do I know? Because Jesus turned and he said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Oh. See, Jesus recognizes the voice of Satan. We don't because we're not too smart, but Jesus does. And he said, You are a stumbling block to me. You're not setting your mind on God's interests, but on man's. Peter, you're in the way of God's plan. Don't you know why I came? I came to die for you. And if you get in the way, you'll be eternally lost. You want that, Peter? You want to be lost? Then let me go. And let me die. See, when Satan speaks, he has a way of making the wrong thing sound good. He does. He makes the wrong thing sound good. That's why we sin. He makes adultery sound good. He makes stealing sound good. He makes getting high sound good. All these things, he makes them sound good. That's why people do them, because they sound so good. That's the deceptive voice of that foul spirit. So here's Peter, the great disciple, under the influence of a foul spirit, an evil force, perhaps even Satan himself. And he probably was because Jesus said, get behind me, you devil. Get behind me. See, Jesus knew how to talk to Satan. Even when he was tempted in the wilderness, after he was baptized by John, remember? Satan came and gave him a threefold temptation, and Jesus, oh, he knew how to talk to him. You know how we talk to him? With the Word of God. See, if you want to talk smart, talk Scripture. 
There's nothing smarter than Scripture because Scripture is truth. It's divine truth. One man said, It is a great point when the deceived soul discovers his deceiver and denounces him. Yeah, it is. That's a great place to be. When you discover, hey, wait a minute, I've been listening to the wrong voice. How do you know? Look at your life. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? Have you, have you been listening to the right voice or the wrong voice? So he says, it's a good point. When the deceived soul discovers his deceiver and denounces him, and then he says, the tide of battle is already turned. When the ruined soul finds out that himself is his destroyer and turns against the enemy within his own heart. See, we have a twofold enemy. We have the devil on the outside and our lust on the inside. Our lust is living inside of our sin nature. And when you get the devil feeding the lust, look out. That's a war. It's a battle. And we fight that battle daily, don't we? We do. And hopefully we win a lot, but I think sometimes we don't win that many. We can lose a few battles too. We do. I know I do. But remember, there's always hope. That's the whole point. There's always hope. See, Jesus told this story, and we're not done with it yet. He told this story so people would understand the grace of God the Father. That God the Father is a gracious God. And so many people have misunderstood the nature of God. Maybe everybody needs to read all the way through the parable of the prodigal son and then see the nature of God in the end. Because God is graceful, we have hope. There are times God might be disappointed, but he's not angry with us. He's not angry with you when you listen to that voice. Sometimes you fall into the deception. Why? Because God's love is greater. God knows the beginning from the end. There are no surprises. You know, God doesn't think, oh, I didn't know they were going to do that. I wouldn't have saved him if I knew that. No. God knows it all. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's It's all about him. So, yes, there are times we do fall away, and sometimes with slowly, without even realizing it. But we're always received back in grace. You know what falling away from God is like? I remember being a little kid going to the beach. And, you know, I'd, we'd be on the beach, we'd have our blanket, and I was a little kid, maybe like, I don't know, eight years old. And my mother and father would say, okay, now, Keep your eye on the Coca-Cola cooler. Remember the big red Coca-Cola cooler? We had the big red Coca-Cola cooler. Okay, now, you keep your eye on the cooler because that's where we are. And then you see the umbrella. Okay. So you go out there and play in the water. And after about an hour of playing in the waves, you look up and it's like, oh, I can't see the Coca-Cola cooler. I can't see it. Where is it? It's gone. 
And it's like, oh, they left me in the water and they went home. No, you're playing in the waves. And little by little, you kind of drifted down the beach, maybe mm, 100 yards. And you didn't even realize it. And when you came out of the water, you were not where you began. You drifted away. And I remember one time, I came out crying. I must have been younger than eight. I don't know. Maybe I was 15. (laughs) And I went to the lifeguard and they put on the loudspeaker. Will the parents of David Therrien please come and pick up your son at the lifeguard house? (laughs) He's lost. What happened? He drifted. He didn't keep his eye on the Coca-Cola Cola. And he drifted down the beach and fell away. That's con. That's how we fall away from God. So slowly. Took our eyes off him. Got our eyes on playing in the world. Like the prodigal. Got his eyes off how wonderful his father was. And got his eyes on playing in the world. And you know what? It came back and bit him. But he's going to learn a great lesson. My dad is a graceful dad. And the the physician, Dr. Luke, who recorded this event, he wrote this prescription because he knows both the ailment and the cure. He knows the ailment. It's rebellion. It's sin. And he knows the cure. And the cure is Christ is mighty to save. That's the cure. And boy, that's a truth that's trying to be buried today. People are trying to bury the truth of Jesus Christ. They're trying, but we're not going to let them, are we? No, because like Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine in such a way that men see your good works. And you know what they're going to do? Glorify your Father in heaven. The responsibility of the Christian, don't let people forget about Christ. Don't let them. To point them to Christ, that's our job. And how do we do that? By living the Christ life. That's what we do. We live the Christ life. I want you to really focus on the grace of God today. How God is so graceful. He goes beyond what we deserve. We know what we deserve, but grace says, I'm not going to treat you according to what you deserve. I'm going to treat you according to the grace that's in my heart. And then we take that grace, and you know what we do? We bestow that grace on other people as well. Now we're revealing Christ to the rest of the world. So grace is good to be received, but man, you can't keep it. We become a vessel. And grace comes in. Now grace has to go out. And you get a, we, we send grace out to our coworkers. We send grace out to our children. We send grace to our friends. Hey, grace to your parents if, if you have to, if there's something wrong there. But don't forget grace to yourself. Grace to yourself. See, the prodigal son was still being deceived when he said, I'm not worthy to come home. I'm not worthy to be called your son. He still wasn't understanding the grace of God. Because you know what? It's not to do with our worth. It has nothing to do with how worthy we are, but it has everything to do with how graceful God 
is. That's the key. So the story is really about the loving father. The loving father. Do you see God that way? Do you see God loving you? Loving you where there's no measurement to his love? It's higher that can be measured. It's deeper than can be measured. It's wider that can be measured. You know what God's grace is like? It's like a one little goldfish in the midst of the sea. And God says, drink up, little fish, drink up. And you cannot exhaust, that little fishy cannot exhaust the water that's in the sea. And we will never exhaust the grace of God. Don't listen to that foul voice that says you are not worthy, that you can't come back, that you can't come home, that you have crossed the line. Because those are all deceptive lies. As long as you're alive, you can come back. You can come back to God. Obviously, if you're not alive, you can't come back. But as long as you're alive, you can come back. So you push out that foul voice and don't listen to that voice and say, like Jesus said to Peter, get behind me. Get behind me. Because you know what? You don't understand the plan of God. God's plan is to give us grace, to be graceful. The death of Christ is grace. What God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that's grace. That whoever believes in him would never perish. That's grace. And they would have eternal life. That's grace. You see, everything God does is out of grace. You know why? Because God is a graceful God. Do you know that God? I mean, do you know the graceful God? That's the one true God, full of grace and truth. This is a message that would be good to share with someone. Send them to the Hope Club podcast. You can hear it anywhere. Because you know what? We have a lot of captives in the world and the captives need to be set free. And they're set free by divine truth. And divine truth is God is a loving God. He's a graceful God. He's for us and not against us. He'll always receive us back. Always. Send them to the Hope Club podcast. It's on our website, newhopecc.tv. It's anywhere podcasts are found. Here's a message that's worth listening to maybe a couple of times. Because we need to be grounded in God's grace. Because the deceptive voice will pull us away. So we walk in grace, we stand in grace, we live in the grace of God.